rotten motherfucker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most Ahamas Podcast. I'm your host, Damon Damien. All right, buddies. This week's episode, we're going to bring you a very special episode because this week we're sitting down with my newest favorite Denver band, In the Whale. Now, In the Whale is a two-piece rock and roll fucking machine. Now, when I say fucking, I don't mean in the bedroom, although I'm sure... I'm sure they get down, you know what I mean? But no, I mean, they just fucking rock. They bring the noise, if you know what I mean. Uh, Insert other adjectives here and there, but man, I've seen these guys a handful of times, and I've been blown away more and more every time. Uh, This last time I witnessed their epicness, uh, they opened up for a sold-out show, uh, opening for Murdered by Death at the Bluebird here in Denver. I interviewed Adam from Murdered by Death, that night at the Bluebird, caught the show, was blown the fuck away. A few days later, I drunkenly sent a message to Nate from In the Whale and said, Hey, dude, fucking love your band. Let's do an interview. It took a few weeks, but here we are. Here we are today, buddies. I wanted to uh, do this a little bit before their CD release party coming up here at the Larimer Lounge on uh, Friday, November 22nd. Uh, tickets are going fast, folks. Buy them now. And so, uh, he, uh, oddly enough, I was going to hit him up on Sunday and be like, Hey, when do you want to do this? He hit me up on Sunday before I could get a hit, get a hold of him. Holy shit. Uh, so here we are. Uh, we went uh, just hours ago. We hung out at Illegal Pete, South Broadway. Uh, probably probably, uh, probably my most frequented location now that I live in the South Broadway neighborhood, mostly because I occasionally work and run sound for Illegal Pete's. Thank you, Virgil. Uh, and we hung out. It was a little loud. Uh, we sat fairly close to a PA speaker, but thank God I have this wonderful Zoom H1 handy recorder, and I'm just talking about the basic baseline zoom recorder. Uh, audio came out fantastic. Uh, I think it's really well. You can hear the Beach Boys, you can hear a couple other bands playing in the background, but I think that adds to the energy of the show. Like, I listen to some of these other podcasts of these guys sitting around people's living rooms at their dining room tables, um, with the exception of Mark Marin in their garage. A lot of the time, it lacks a bit of energy. And I like that we're out and we're in public and people hanging out, people coming around, people listening, uh, people watching. Um, I think it adds a different level of energy to the show. And In the Whale themselves, as a live band, bring a whole other kind of energy to what they do and the shows they play. I've been blown, again, I've been blown away every single time I've seen them. Um, I'm blown away by these guys in person. This is very fun to sit down, talk to interview with these guys we didn't even have that many drinks but it just flowed like we had had hundreds um i feel like i've known these guys for a very very long time i got there we were going to do this interview at 8 30 and i got there at about 8 20 we sat down we started bullshitting we started bullshitting we started bullshitting our good friend danny Sachs from the gothic theater uh showed up and hung out for i don't know about five minutes we bullshitted with him bullshitted some more the next thing you know we'd been sitting there for almost an hour just talking becoming friends we're best friends forever now guys eric nate you're never gonna get rid of me i'm gonna follow you and watch you sleep till you die uh but that's kind of the nature of the beast here of what we're doing here at mostly harmless and uh it's a long interview i've already rambled way too much it's super fun i'm super impressed with these guys they're super humble super cool uh, and, you know, I say super humble, but they got the just amount, they got the perfect amount of cockiness to them. Like, they know they kick ass. They're humbled that I think they kick, I don't know. 
listen and judge for yourself. I'm just a rambling madman who's had about five PBRs tonight. Uh, thank you to Virgil and Illegal Pete's crew. This episode isn't necessarily sponsored by Illegal Pete's, but if you're a touring musician, please check out Illegal Pete's and their Starving Artist program. Uh, come through Denver. They'll feed you. They'll take care of you. They'll get you some beer. Sometimes you can even play at Illegal Pete's. And uh, Virgil, Pete, and the crew, uh, particularly at South Broadway, which uh, is a location I've been working at a little bit here and there since moving to Denver, um, they take really good care of me and everybody that I bring in. So thanks to the guys at Illegal Pete's for taking care of us tonight. Thanks to the guys in the whale for hanging out and listening. Uh, if you like what you hear today, please visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Download some of those past episodes. Download that episode we did with Adam from in, uh, Murdered by Death just a few weeks back. Uh, how about you go uh, check out the interview I did with uh, Ben Nichols from Lucero, uh, which... In that very same episode, there's a blackout drunk interview uh, with me interviewing the guys from Larry and his Flask. We got tons of stuff. We got Andrew W. K. Please go visit mostlyharmlesspodcast.com and take a listen. I'm new to the Denver area, but so far, um, even though I've lived in Colorado Springs for the last 12 years, you guys in Denver have welcomed me with open arms. I'm very happy to have, to be here. Um, things could never be better. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and open this interview up. But before we get to that opening we're gonna go ahead and start this off with a song from in the well this is from their last ep called cake uh this is 34 28 32 
to make you a groove girl One more twist to set the room on fire You got me captured with burning desire Come on baby, let me see you move You got those elements that make you groove girl One more twist to set the room on fire You got me captured with burning desire I mean, hey, uh, <laughs> buddy Tim back there like would probably hang out. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Four guys. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm hanging out at Illegal Pete's South Broadway uh, with uh, Eric and Nate from In the Whale. What's going on, guys? Hey, what's up? It's great. We're, it's going great. So far, so good. We've been sitting here for like half an hour just bullshitting and going, oh, shit, I guess we should do this podcast now. So here we are. <laughs> Um, so I got some notes on my phone here, uh, but let's just make it loose. We'll just see what cool. happens. Um, so in the whales, been I saw you, like I was telling you guys earlier. I saw you guys last year at Foco MX and was blown away. And then this last time I saw you guys was playing that sold out fucking show with Murder by Death. Awesome. That was that was that was one of the coolest shows ever. It's like the Murder by Death people, like uh, the fans of Murder by Death, they love they loved us, man. Yeah. It, was, it was great. Um, so w- one thing I noticed at that show is like Murder by Death pulls in a weird audience. Everybody, like you got the punk rock kids, you got the old, older guys who are into fucking country music. Uh, you got a little bit of everything. You guys got a little bit of that everything too. Um, you guys, you, you, let's see what I got here. Uh, every, everybody I know that's actually seen you guys has been blown the fuck away. Uh, what do you think attributes to that appeal? I think um, it's sort of a shock. I mean, the sort of the current musical climate is like it's very mellow. There's a lot of acoustic kind of stuff, a lot of electronic kind of stuff. Um, you know, um, which is all good and fine. You know, but it's sort of like you know, it's you get those kinds of bands, and then you know, on the same bill, and then we come up. And it's like, whoa, you know, it's sort of like a slap in the face, you know. I mean, if you put us on a, you know, a heavy metal bill, you know, people wouldn't really think anything of it because that's yeah. just the way it is. But yeah, like, in sort of like the mainstream market, it's sort of like, whoa, whoa, what's, you know, what's this? It's sort of just like a wake up, you know. And what I like is like you guys would fit on a metal show. You guys are going to open for Lucero in Fayetteville, Arkansas. You were just telling me yeah. if that's announced yet. I don't know if that's announced. Yeah, it's not announced yet, but that's all good because it's like we're going to be announcing that really soon. Okay, so yeah. it's like, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, and but then you- and then you guys, you guys can pretty much play anything, and it works. It fits perfectly. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of that goes down to 
influences, but I hate the word influence. I think that's a bad word in an interview. So I like to go back and kind of like retrace people's steps, their roots. So I just kind of want to go back in time a little bit and uh, talk about like, uh, you guys didn't grow up in Denver. No. Or you guys met in Greeley, but you guys didn't even grow up there. Where did you guys grow up at? I, uh, I grew up in the south part of Colorado, a little town called Los Animas, Colorado. Uh, I think this population is like 3,000 people. Uh, I graduated from a high school called McClave, which was the sister city to Los Animas, right next door, and I graduated with 23 kids. Wow. Uh, so we didn't, uh, in, you were talking about influences, we didn't really have like, you couldn't really hear radio yeah. right down in that area. You would get like the top 40... Or, yeah, is that what it's called? Top 50? Top 40. Top 40. And then uh, a, a rap station and then country, you know, yeah. and all of which I was not really, really in. So, like, all my music came from, like, older kids, and they were was like, man. It seems like, like only punk bands would come to small towns right. and play, like, the, every VFW. So, like, we got... Uh, my, my, my first real record was... Uh, a Meat Puppets album, Too High to Die. So it's like Meat Puppets, and then you had a lot of like Dead Kennedys, The Minutemen, and uh, you know, stuff like, or uh, Bad Brains, and like grunge stuff like uh, Mud Honey, which were all really big influences for me. Uh, I listened to a lot of that stuff, and then I got later on in my high school career, I got a Flaming Lips album, and that. That's like where I learned that it's okay to be a little strange. <laughs> and what what year did you graduate high school? I graduated high school in two thousand and five. Okay. Yeah. I think. I don't know. Is that when I graduated college? No, two thousand and two thousand and two. Okay. I'm asking how old you are in a flight way. How old are you? Uh, I'm twenty seven years old. <laughs> There you go. There you go. It, these dates don't matter. I'm like, how the fuck old are you? Without asking, asking how the fuck old you are. I'm asking how old you are. You graduated a year early, though, didn't you? Yeah, I graduated a year early because I wanted to get out of that stupid-ass small yeah. town, man. I had to get out of there. It was like, I, I was like playing like punk rock and stuff at like bars and stuff, and everyone was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why don't you know a Clint Black song or like, uh, you know, some shit like that? And I'm like, no, man, I, I don't even know who that is. I do now because oh, yeah. everyone needs to know something about everything. Yeah. Know your enemy, right? Yeah. So, so, Eric, where, where, where did you grow up, Eric? I grew up in a town called Harlingen, Texas. It's uh, very south Texas, on the very southern tip near Brownsville. Uh, it was about 40 minutes from the Mexican border. Is Brownsville like the real town name, or is that like the... No, that's the, okay. <laughs> that's the real town name, yeah, yeah. I'm not being racist. Uh, uh, it's about 40 minutes from the Mexican border, 30 minutes from South Padre Island. Um, fairly small town, maybe, I don't know, about this, about maybe 50,000 people or so. Um, yeah, population, uh, 85% Mexican. Uh, about 12% white, and the rest is other. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, my dad worked for Lockheed, so we were fairly upper middle class and that kind of stuff. So, I grew up listening to the radio, just every, all the major radio stations. So, the, the hip-hop station, the, the top 40 station, the rock station, just all sort of areas of mainstream music I, I just kind of listened to. 
know, growing up in the 90s, like, from, you know, I remember being in elementary school loving MC Hammer. I loved MC yeah. Hammer. I loved Boys to Men. Uh, and how old are you? I'm 29. Okay, cool. Yeah, loved Boys to Men, loved Mariah Carey when she first came out. You know, uh, you know what's a weird thing? is like, there's, like, we went on tour to Boise, and we were playing at our after party at this uh, bar, and they were playing songs that everyone was singing that I'd never yeah, heard Yeah, they were playing, before. like, Casey and JoJo and, like, Whitney Houston and stuff like that, and, and everyone's singing along, and they just, like, never I've, heard it. I've never heard this song in my life. Wow. There's a, like, what a wonderful, weird little existence. Well, you know, I think it's like more of an advantage in some ways, like my ignorance. It has like really, I, not that it, it's made what... Uncorrupted. The, well, it's maybe uncorrupted. It's like I don't have any pop influence. So it's like, the, I, I've never heard any of these songs. Like everyone is singing like, what is it, Gangsta's Paradise? Yeah. And I'm like, I've heard that once. Did, I you, heard, not, did you not have MTV? No. Oh, I had satellite. Uh, we had a show called Pingu, which was a bootlegged Finland claymation. It wasn't even in English. So I did a lot of like outside playing and shooting guns and driving dirt bikes and breaking shit. Cool. But yeah. I, I feel like so out of the loop. Like, yeah. but I was I was like heavily just pop, mainstream, all that stuff. And then when I got into junior high, when I started hating the world. <laughs> hating my parents and all that stuff was when I started to like I mean it was still pretty mainstream I mean new metal dropped right about then like Lynn Biscuit, Corn, Slipknot all that stuff I dove head first into that movement yeah, me man too, me too. head first and so I was way into that stuff and through that I sort of you know started going to shows and discovering you know the opening bands who weren't as as popular and you know stuff like that so very influenced by metal very influenced by pop um, you know, and when I got to, we moved to Colorado was when I started listening to like, you know, we, it was like, a, I was, we were in Littleton, so I was, you know, 10 minutes from a major city, so I was like, man, I get to go see. How old were you then? When we moved to Littleton, I was 17. Okay. It was my senior year of high school. Yeah, really into like marching band, symphonic band, really into the band program in my school. Played in a lot of bands, played at church, so, Yeah. yeah. That's interesting that you bring up church, just because when I listen to In the Whale, I actually kind of pick up some of that like revival, church revival, like <laughs> Nate, Nate I don't know. And I thing. both grew up uh, going to church every Sunday with yeah. our families, singing, singing in choir, and like learning every church hymn. And like I went to a Christian school from second grade till eighth grade, and then it was there was a lot of me not behaving <laughs> properly. And then I went to a school like in Los Angeles the first year of high school, and that didn't work out. And then I moved. <laughs> I don't know how to like, say it nicely. It's just like it didn't work out. <laughs> high school wasn't working out for me, all right? I, I had a lot of anger. Bullshit. You fucking graduated a year early. High school yeah. worked out for you great. Well, I wanted to get out, and everyone else was like very, like, playing the popularity game and all that shit. I'm like, I can't do this, man. I, I'm not going to live here. So... Yeah, anyway. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, you can keep going. Keep ranting. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> the good stuff. Yeah. That's all I ran about. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, like, for me, you know, the, the lyrics, I mean, I don't write any of the lyrics, but what I've taken from Nate's lyrics have been, like, you know, Nate and I both grew up in the church, sort of straight shooter, you know, even in college, real, real just, like, no drinking, no cussing, that kind of thing, and, and in our lives in the past, I guess, maybe 10 years, we've kind of 
mellowed out a little bit and like sort of fallen away from that lifestyle, you know. Um, so, but there's for me at least, I it, there's this guilt that's it just instilled in me, you know, where it's like every time I go out and drink, it's just like that little tiny little thing oh, yeah. in the back of your head that's like, mm-mm, mm, you know. So it's like I think the lyrics really portray that quite, a, and like the sort of the mood of all the songs kind of portray that a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Do you agree? Oh with yeah, that? it's just like uh, hemp, I don't know. I mean, hemped up. Shit, I don't know. It's like held up, repressed urges and like feelings and things you wanted to say but you can't say. And it's like in the whales that outlet, but you can't deny the truth about you know, how you were raised. You know, it's like well, I still like Eric said, feel that guilt and stuff. So we sing about it. It's like to just put it in the forefront. We, you know, whatever. Yeah. I got you. I got you, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does the church play any role in your lives anymore, or is that uh, distant? No, uh, for me, uh, I'm still, I guess, religious. But like Eric said, mellowed out quite a bit. Gotcha. You know, like yeah. I, I enjoy beer. Like in my house, we had no drinking. My dad was a state patrolman, a <laughs> Vietnam drill sergeant, so it's oh, like wow. I had my room inspected and flipped and yeah, checked. I, uh, we. I went down there a couple of years ago because it looks like they were just visiting his family and stuff. And I slept, uh, I slept in the guest room and like woke up, you know, or like making breakfast or whatever. I was like, you know, in the room I have a job. And Nate's dad walks in and he goes, Eric. I was like, yeah. He's like, make your bed. And I was like, uh, he's a grown ass man. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, Eric is a grown ass man yeah, at this I was point. Just, I was like, uh, oh, okay, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And he just walked out of the room. And I was like. I, at this point, my dad I, has maybe met Eric twice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know any human being you can walk up to after meeting them twice and demand that they do something. <laughs> I, you know, well, I mean, that's like a 28. drill start. Well, dude, that, that's, that's kind of like where that like weird, just crazy guilt and just like weird kind of music, you know, it's, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of things to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know if I consider myself a Christian. I, I have... I have my own views about God and the Bible and all that stuff, uh, but as far as the church goes, I don't really, I feel like it's a machine I can't be a part of. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good, like religion is, I think religion is, can be really good for a lot of people, you know, like all, you know, I think it's, for the most part, it, it should be a good thing, it's a good thing, it can be used for, for a good end, it's used for good and bad, you know. If you want to raise your kids Christian and take them to church every day, you know, that's fine, you know. I mean, my, my parents were great. I had great parents. I mean, they, you know, they made me go to church, you know, and I mean, I turned out fine, you know. They're still along that path. They're still Christian and, and really into it, and I still love them. I love, you know. <laughs> so, so, so when did you, so when did music come into play in this thing? Was it always there? Was it underneath everything? When did you finally first find it, find it, and like become obsessed with it? Uh, you know, when I was in eighth grade, uh, I was sort of doing band. It was just sort of like a, an outlet to just have friends. I was sort of an awkward kid, so it was like doing this thing. It was like, oh, it's instant friends. <laughs> but um, in eighth grade, I saw. I was watching MTV and I saw the, the video for a song called "Freak" by Silverchair. Oh, nice, I love Silverchair. Silverchair. 
and that that was when I was like, that was the, my first band that I was like obsessed with. I went out to was, Sam. Was that on their first album, Frog Stomp? No, it was on Freak oh, Show. Yeah, Freak but I went out and brought Freak Show, bought Frog Stomp, and that's that was the Neon first band Ballroom. I was first band I was obsessed with. You know that. So yeah, researching everything about the band and all that kind of stuff. I uh, I, I randomly in Shreveport, Louisiana, where I grew up, North Louisiana, uh, probably about the size of Colorado Springs, only just in the middle of North Louisiana. Um, their local radio station would be like, hey, the prize bins parked at blah, blah, blah in front of the grocery store. Come yeah. get free shit. Yeah. And, I, and they, gave, they gave me, they wouldn't say shit, obviously. Right. But uh, I, got a, I got a promo of Frog Stomp on oh, cassette. Yeah. Like wow. right as it came out. And like, I fucking, I love that band. I, I, great band. I, I, I apologize to them and I know they're not, I know they're listening. I know you're listening out there. <laughs> um, I apologize for quitting them because I've gone back later on and been like, that was a good band. They just kind of like they had the couple hits and then just disappeared. I don't know. They, well, they had a they had a my favorite record of all times from them. It's called Diorama. It came out in two thousand one, and it's brilliant. It's like a, you know they grew up. Yeah, <laughs> they grew up and started making good music. It's like a late Beatlesy. There's like strings and horns, and it's it's amazing. I, I don't I don't want to completely endorse this, but I had an ex girlfriend that was still obsessed with Hanson well into yeah. her 30s yeah. and uh, their later yeah. stuff is fucking it's great <laughs> it's pretty good so uh, so for you it was what Mud uh, Mud Honey Mud Honey and, yeah, yeah. Was, that, was that the first like obsession there's no um, you know other skeletons in that closet well why, the reason I like started playing music in the first place I was 15 years old and my dad bought my brother a guitar an acoustic guitar isn't that the way it works yeah he, he's like William, that's his name. He's going to be learning how to play music, and you're going to do sports. Because at the time, I was in basketball, and anything I could do to get away from the house and not not be home. And he's like, "No, your brother's going to do it. And leave that guitar alone in the front room, which we had a front living room." So right. when my dad wasn't there, which he wasn't because he was a state patrolman at the time or the sheriff, uh, I don't. Yeah, he went straight from state patrolman to private detective to the sheriff. I was like, what is this man? You know? Never speed in Los Animas, ever. Oh, I, I'm pretty never. sure I've gotten pulled over there before. La, in Los Animas? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Dude, I, I got a ticket there. My dad's just like, oh, well. He's like, nothing. Like, <laughs> Dad, I wasn't going over the speed limit. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> oh, I was like, ah, oh, cool. So uh, he told me I couldn't play with his guitar. So when he was gone, I would go and sneak in there and learn and muscle through or down uh, what's it called what's it called when the internet is so slow what, what was it used to call oh, dial dial up dial, dial up I would muscle wow, I had to think yeah I, <laughs> I know I, I've forgotten uh, dial up man I, I'd muscle through Darn dial up I would start uh, downloading a video early in the day and come back later that night and watch it <laughs> and learn guitar chords and tabs from that Remember, remember dial-up when when you you like it'd be like a, a overnight download. Yeah. You'd have like a, a some like a wall like a music video you want to download like a like a you know MP4 file or whatever. You start downloading it and you go to bed and wake up in the morning and it'd be downloaded. It take five hours or whatever. It's sometimes longer. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I I used to download movies way back when. That way, uh, you can go in the AOL chat rooms and find. Pirated software yeah. and all that kind of shit. What, what is chat room? Right. Yeah. What is that? 
I remember my friend, I had, everyone had 28.8 and my friend got 56k. Oh. And it was man. like, oh shit. We're going to your house. Yeah. <laughs> like, for, for, uh, we, got, we got our first computer at my house. I, I can't even remember how long ago it was. It was a 386SX Packard Bell. And the modem at the time was so top of the line. It was like, it was dumb. It was 2400 baud modem. Um, so that, that's like one twenty-fourth of what the fifty-six k yeah, would yeah. do. <laughs> uh, but it so so yeah. you would download these tablatures or yeah. videos and whatnot. It was, it was cool because my uncle was a computer guy, so we had like all these spare com- computer parts at the time. So he would, that's why we had a computer. It's yeah. like no one else I knew had one. So like my friends were like, "Oh shit, let's go." Get this video or this video. So I would I would go and muscle through these videos and just learn how to play guitar because I was told I couldn't. Yeah. I, I didn't even get internet till ninth grade. Yeah, my family didn't get internet. Like I said, my my, my family was like, I, my my uncle was like, all all into it. You know, I I, I found ways. We used to uh, we used to. I was a BMX kid and we would ride our bikes in this Chinese restaurant's parking lot like because it had a hill you could jump down and uh, I discovered that back in those days restaurant receipts wouldn't black out the credit card numbers so you could get so you just straight up like pick up receipts all day long and be like hey we got one go look it up in the phone book and you get their name phone number address and you have a credit card number I feel awful about it now (laughs) but we'd we'd use those we'd use those to sign up for AOL free trials and I would just tell what? my and my mother my mother believed it for years maybe she didn't I don't know she's smarter <laughs> than she let on but I would be like oh yeah Michael Michael's mom lets me use their account it's okay so um, <laughs> nobody nobody really cares about me so I don't know yeah. why I had to interject that story but no that's awesome man I didn't I forgot that like that was, for, that's, that, that's why my mom would always this. she would always say tear that receipt up. I was like, "Why, mom?" She's like, "Well, our numbers are on there." Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I know now. Yeah, because the guys like you. Because the guys say, but I I would always try to cancel it after the third. Well, okay, that's bullshit. But I would try. (laughs) You know. But I I was younger. I've I've paid for my sins. But um. Did you ever take music classes in school? Uh, my mom forced me to. Well, she didn't force me. I asked to like have something. Uh, so she's like. Well, you gotta learn the basics, and piano is the basics, which is somewhat true. So, I mean, I went and I did, I just wasn't into it, man. I just, like, would sit there, and I'm like, I didn't practice. Yeah. So I did piano lessons, and then she's like, well, you're afraid to sing, so you need to learn how to sing. So my mom was really supportive. Like, she drove me to the nearest open mic night, what was... A hundred miles away, which is a two-hour drive wow, really? to Pueblo, Colorado, and she would sit there because I was underage. I was 15. She's like, "You can play music." So my mom has been great because, well, it's like my dad was the exact opposite. Up until recently, he hadn't seen us play until we played at the Gothic, opening up with Nathaniel Rateliff. He's like, all he said to me <laughs> was. Well, that's bad. People are out here smoking pot. What the hell is with Colorado these days? <laughs> Not good job. So proud of you. Uh, a, I love him. I love him. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love this guy. But it's just like that That meant more to me. Just him. It wasn't that bad. You know, it's like, all right, that's great. That's great from you. Um, are your parents still together? 
Yeah, but, Jesus. But your parents do? Yep. Ah, congratulations. Yeah. I thought my parents cool. were the my my parents stayed together until I moved out of the house and they went. Then my mom went, Oh, I don't I can leave? And left. Oh, he can leave, I can leave, yeah, right? Pretty much. Anyway, yeah. I, I, this isn't about me. I gotta stop interjecting. Um, <laughs> it's funny that Nate you said about practicing because I was the exact opposite. Like I went through the whole program, you know, jazz band, symphonic band, marching band. I was a percussion major at UNC for two years. And, yeah, practice, I practice two hours a day, every day. I practice all the time, all the time. And it wasn't necessarily the drum set, but just, like, all that was my life, man. My whole life was practice. And it still is. Yeah. In a different way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, you graduated early, got the fuck out of Blossom. Animus, animus, animus. I don't know why I want to mispronounce that. I, 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 it's it's a hard name yeah. if you don't see it. Like there, so there's a town called Los Animus, and La Junta, Colorado, is like 15 miles away. I feel like there's a parallel universe because in Mexico, on the equator, directly south of Los Animus and La Junta, there's another Los Animus and La Junta. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like my uh, freakazoid Nate or uh, is down there or something. Yeah. So you left that town yeah. for another small town. Well I really this this is this is my this is my rationale. I was like, uh, I only know small cities. I wanna go to something just a little bit larger where I can go to college and get my education and not be overwhelmed by a city Got because being a little country bunkin that I was, <laughs> if I went straight to Denver I would have killed myself. It's just just like wait what? Doors are open twenty <laughs> For hours? Yeah, it would have blown my mind. So, small jumps, you know what I mean? Gotcha. That's, that's smart. And then you went from Little, Littleton to Greeley. So why did you guys choose Greeley? Why did why UNC? I, I went to Greeley, to UNC, because it has a great music school. Cool. And I, I, at the time, I thought I was going to be a percussionist or a band director or something yeah. like that. It didn't work out that way, but... That's that's what I was. That's what I. That was my ambition. So that was like the perfect place to go for that music school. So. Uh, and then, what were you going to school for? Uh, I went to UNC originally for a biology degree. Uh, I, I lost my passion for it uh, a few semesters in, and quickly changed over to psychology, and graduated with a BA in psychology and I'm like well I'm just not doing anything so I'm doing music and I got a master's degree and just kept going to, uh, you have a doctorate yet? Are you no it? no I think Master Nate is a lot better than yeah. <laughs> I like that that's what your mama calls him uh, Ma- Master Nate Master Nate so how did let me not ask that question. You guys played in several different bands in that town, in yeah. that time. What brought you two together? Well, Greeley's music scene is, uh, surprisingly, very small. Who would have thought? At any given time, it's about maybe eight to ten bands. Um, so it's a really tight-knit group. And so we were both in different bands. And, you know, it was just, you got to play shows together. Because there's only... Tend to choose from, you know. So yeah, it was just like we got to know each other playing in different bands, playing shows together, you know. And eventually, our main bands. Well, they were too serious. It's like they they were super serious, and uh, 
Eric and I were really, really just bummed about it because both of these bands had been like working really super hard. We're gonna make it, and like no progress. It's like, man, this is our one big break, and it just falls flat. You know, it's like that feeling, just defeat. Yeah. So I, I remember um, talk. We we had this conversation in the band a, a, a while back where it was like my old band played this show um, at the Bluebird once. It was like, and we were like, this is it. This is going to be our break. It was like, this big local band was headlining, and it was like, dude, we're going to go now. Uh, the Alan Baird Project. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, oh, well. Anyway. Uh, um, and and uh, it was like, this is it. Like, we're going to go down there. We're going to kick ass. We're going to sell a million pre-sale tickets. And the floodgates are going to open. They're going to love us. You know, they're going to want us to play in Denver all the time. And we played really good. You know, we killed it. Sold a ton of pre-sale tickets and just no one gave a shit. <laughs> it was just like, oh. And we formed in the whale because it's like these two bands were just doing this bumping our heads against a damn wall, and this is like, all right, we're gonna have fun. I had recorded an album in Minnesota and I gave it to Eric, and he just like, I I want to be a part of that. Yeah, know? it was just like an acoustic. It was funny. It was an acoustic album called yeah. In the Whale. And so I was like, you know, because my band was like light show, click track. What band? What band was this? We're called What About Pluto. I remember the name. Really? Okay. Um, and so it was just like real serious, and I was like the hardest worker in the band. I was real serious. Were you, were you the one making it serious, or uh, oh. me and me and the singer? Okay. And so yeah, and Nate was kind. Of, it was kind of the same way. So it was like this is our outlet to just remember why we love music, you know, yeah. to just play whatever we want. So it was like, we had instrumental songs, we had acoustic songs, we had all sorts of stuff, and it was just like, we're just gonna do whatever we want, you know, just just have fun. And then our bands sort of, our bands broke up, and it was like, yo, let's, let's do this for real. And so far it's... This has been the most successful, and it's like, we, we, we do work hard, it's like interesting to have two of the hardest working members out of two bands together. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, uh, it's really not that hard as long as everyone's <laughs> together and on the same page. <laughs> the same page and yeah. It's like, we've been, well, really lucky because we run into a lot of good people, but it's like, I don't know, you just work hard, man. It's like, cut the fat. That's, that's yeah. what I say. Takeaway yeah. message, cut the fat. Yeah, yeah right. that guy that doesn't wake up or show up to practice, fucking cut his ass. <laughs> get someone that wants to play. Yeah. Oh, that kid that can't get a fucking tuning pedal for his shit? Cut his ass. <laughs> You're cut. I think, also, it took it took us about a year and a half to develop what it is now, to develop that sound. Um, and then we decided, hey, let's, let's give us a real shot, and we moved to Denver, and just busted our ass, man. We went to every, we just played every show we possibly could, and it's worked out so far. So, I really like the chemistry you guys have together. Like, oh, that's guys. the other thing I wanted to say. Sorry, <laughs> uh, two of us having two of us we, was really is really important to us because we we found that sort of the chemistry we have on stage live is really interesting, and so we've always we get an offer. From a bassist, maybe once a month. We know it's a good show when at least one bass player is like, "Dude, you know what you're missing." Seriously, we get, we get, bass. and it's like, you know, it's not necessarily that we're against bassists. It's just that we have this thing. 
going on. And if we add another guy, be it bass, guitar, violin, Keyboard, organ, whatever, no matter, you know, it's not about the sound, it's the chemistry on stage, it just can't be fucked with. <laughs> I mean, we've had other people play with us, like at our last CD release show, which was in uh, at the High Dive, and it was just weird. It's just like, thank God they only played a few songs, but it's just like I felt off that during yeah. those those things because it's like we're so used to, oh, I just look to my left and there's Eric, and it's, that's how it's gonna be. <laughs> I thought that show was pretty cool. It was cool. It was, <laughs> don't get me wrong. It yeah. just it was like a really cool, like special thing. So because it was like. It was, like, it was like 250 people got to see In the Well with two other members once. Yeah, once, yeah. It was like, that was it, you know? If you weren't there, then you weren't, that's it. Fuck you. So so have you guys had this chemistry since the go? Like, the first time you guys met, you're like, hey, I like this dude. Let's be friends. Or is that something that just kind of happened? Like, Because you guys seem really tight. You guys seem like you, I don't know, like. Uh, no. I don't uh, know. When I first met Eric, I thought he hated me. If you look at him, uh. He doesn't open his eyes very much, and he just kind of has like this placid face. It's just like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, I would say something, and he'd be like, eh. That was it. That was the answer. And it's like, I've learned that that's not, that's just who Eric is. You know, he's not fucking mad at you. He's not happy. You know, he's not anything. You know, he's just, you know, he, yeah, a lot of people have told me, like, does Eric hate me? It's like, no, he's just, I don't think he could see you. <laughs> I think he's blind. I don't know. I just, yeah, it's just that's how it just. We were in South by Southwest. I was smashed off my ass, and oh, they and they wouldn't let Eric into the venue. Oh, hold on, hold on. So, this, uh, so we're at South by. The one band I want to see is Cancer Bats. Yeah. That's the one band I wanted to see. Awesome. I, I had it written down. It was on my schedule. I was like going to see this band. They're playing at like 1.30. We cruise down there. Nate is hammered. Can't hardly walk. I've, I've, I had, it's like 1.30. I had one drink at 11. I'm stone cold sober. And uh, Nate, he's got sunglasses on, so he walks right in. I go to the bartender. The door guy's like, sorry, man, you look like you've had enough. And I was like, are you serious? He's like... No, not, not letting you in. I was like, I'm stoned. I'm completely sober right now. He's like, I don't think so, man. You can't even open your eyes. Yeah, because of his eyes. I was like, so I had to watch. I had to watch. No, no, don't tell him. Tell him the rest. You tried to sneak oh, in from the back, in, yeah. and he caught your ass. I, fucking, I walked around the block and tried to sneak into the alley. The door guy saw me and left his post and ran to the back and caught me. Oh no! It was the worst. I was like drunk, just in there. Bleh. I don't even know this band that well. Bleh. Oh. Watch Cancer Bats from the window. I saw them at the Black Sheep in Colorado Springs with I think maybe, maybe fifty people. Oh. So you should have come down to that show. Hell, you guys should have played that show. Wait, that would have been fucking awesome. We need to play more in the Springs, really. Eh, not really. Well. <laughs> Yeah, so so we met, yeah, I think it was sort of just like mutual respect kind of thing. We weren't like great friends. And then when, yeah, when we started playing together was when it kind of like, yeah. Any allotted time in a van together with another human being, you <laughs> have to be friends. Yeah. And we've been, or, or enemies. Or enemies, one of the two. But we, we became very, yeah, we're good friends. Cool. I think, yeah, it's like also the, the whole, uh, going back to the whole, you know, do whatever you want kind of thing. On stage, it was like, hey, let's 
say whatever we want. Let's, you know, all the stuff we joke about saying on stage. Let's just fucking say it, see, because it's funny, because we, because that's just what we want to do, <laughs> and that's that's the chemistry, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, to a point, yeah. obviously. Yeah, we're not gonna go say racist stuff like all the time. <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you guys decide? What was the tipping point? What made you move to Denver to take it seriously? Have you guys been playing here already by that point? When you guys I played a, a show here and there. We, we the the thing that was like the real deal for it is like Greeley had offered what it could. I mean, because of the scene, right. we kind of plateaued and we're like, man, we got to do this serious or what? So we're like, you know, let's get out. I've been in Greeley six years. You had been there eight. Yeah, I and I I had got at the time I had gotten married. And my wife at the time was an actor, trying to do the acting thing. So it was like, all right, she, you know, she wants to do the acting. She can't do that in Greeley. I want to do this band thing. I can't, you know. The Greeley scene didn't really understand us. There was a lot of like reggae and like jam bands, sort of like Four Collins is, but a lot of jam bands and just like, just the college kids just weren't into what we were doing, you know, like. We'd play shows and there'd be, sometimes there'd be a lot of people there, sometimes people would be into it, but, you know, we, but when we'd go down to Denver and play a killer show, we'd be like, whoa, you know, so it was just like, let's go to a major city where people are going to, there's there's a niche of people that are going to understand what we're doing, so. Cool. So, you guys moved to Denver, so I, I heard you talk a lot about you on that one podcast I listened to talked about and, and i've noticed this from the band you guys are always on twitter you're always on facebook you're always going to shows and like as somebody who used to promote shows and you you took the words out of my mouth and we didn't know each other then but here, here's the thing i would always tell bands it, it's even on the triple nickel webpage that i built way back when bands that go to shows play more shows they have more people that show up yada 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 and like i noticed like the wire dogs through their cd release party you guys were there you're promoting the shit out of it um, I forget where I was going. I just wanted to rant about that for a minute. But no, like, so how did you guys integrate yourself into the scene? Was that the way? Yeah, we, our, Alan Baird from the Alan Baird Project, we, we went down there and he gave us great advice. He said, <clears throat> you know, go, just go to shows. Go to tons and tons of shows and parties and just yeah. make your face known, you know? And so that's what we did. And it's, it, it kind of just carried over, and that's, that's still what we do. We can't make it to all the shows, yeah. but we give it our damnedest. And this, and we're at a point now, like, I'll have people, like, come to my show, I'll buy you a ticket. I'm like, done. Yeah. Done. I'll show up. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just like, because I, I used to think that we could do it from Greeley, you know? The internet exists. You can book a show nope. from Greeley. But when I got down there, I realized it's like, if, you, if you're going to a party, you know, at the Inca house... You know, or whatever. It's like those people see her face, and it's like better than yeah some random email from some man in Greeley. And oh, know, I, I agree. As somebody used to book shows, it's like I, I'm gonna book the guy I see every week. Their band may suck more than the guys who are 30 and never come out, but they guarantee 100 people are gonna come. Yeah. Well, you know, the band that you see every week is they're out there working it. So yeah, yeah and I think also. Like, when we got down there, we just said, we're going to play every Denver show that we're offering. Yes. Just so we can get the name on the poster. Just name recognition. Doesn't have to, no, don't have to come. Just have to see the name and recognize it, you know? 
So it was just like every show. It was like two shows a fucking week. And it was just like from that, you know, this guy saw us, this guy saw us, from this guy from the epilogue saw us, this guy from the photo atlas saw us, and it was like, you know, just kick ass every show, you know, just give it your all. And, and now that we worked so hard at doing that and putting our name on every poster and uh, just working our asses off, now we're at a great point where we could just like be very picky about shows. And it's a weird point for Eric and I because we love love to play like so much so that it's like well we still want that so we're like going out of town now <laughs> more and more and more which is a good thing that's a good thing because you want to play you can't play in Denver every like five times a month you've got to do it like once now like just to keep our 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 people interested and people that want to come out and party you know you know give them what they want but at the same time make them want it so it's a yeah. good place to be totally uh, yeah, it's, um, and I think also bands are more susceptible to putting their friends on their show than a stranger, you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. So, yeah, like, you know, the Photo, At- the Photo Atlas guys helped us out a lot. They took us out on our first tour, you know, just because we'd go to their parties, we'd play their parties, and it was just like, hey, they were just like, hey, we love you guys, we want, we want to put you guys on a show, you know, and that's yeah. that's as far as it goes. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it works, because I saw you, well, I saw you guys at Foco MX, but I, yeah, you guys won me over. I apologize it took me so long to see you guys again, but I, I only just moved here again, finally. Yeah, I know, you I'm just sure, moved so. up here, so it's like, uh, you had an excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, So, I, I take it you guys are happy with your move to Denver. Uh, there's uh, the Grolix comes to mind with those guys who oh. I know you're familiar with, Adam and Ben. Uh, um, man, our the first time we ever ran across the Grolix, uh, we did a show as we were. It was a comedy music night yeah. oh. in Boulder. Nobody showed up. It was this like oh. the the show was double booked. Oh. They had us and then they had this comedy thing. So they're like, fuck it, we'll just integrate them. <laughs> yeah. I don't, so yeah. It so was we like, met Ben Roy and Adam Caton Holland yeah. and what was his Andrew name? Andrew Overdahl. Yeah, so all these great local comics. Yeah. In front of no one. It was like yeah. 10, 12 people. So they were just like What was the thing that Ben Roy called me? <laughs> he said it was like Kurt Cobain had a baby with Harry Potter. With Harry Potter. Because yeah. I had long yeah. hair at the time. And so he had uh, like Harry Potter uh, Buddy Holly glasses. Yeah, I blo- I broke my glasses since and I haven't <laughs> had money to go replace them. Oh man. It's so funny. What 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 I like is there's this new scene of like really talented people in Denver or just in Colorado period who have chosen to stay in Colorado and like make it their own. Are you guys sticking around for the foreseeable future or are you gonna jet set out to LA and live in LA and try it out there? Or do you feel very comfortable in your spot here? That's it, you know, it's a weird question because it's like uh I, I you know, I, I think we'll I want to believe that we'll stay here because I love Colorado so much. I love uh, Denver, especially uh, the community, the camaraderie. The, the you, you don't have to really move anymore, really. Yeah. I mean, you can fly to L.A. If you're, if you're touring, you're touring. You know? Yeah. Right. I would. I wouldn't want to go to a place like Nashville or L.A. or New York because I feel like we wouldn't stick out there. You know, in Denver, I feel like the Denver scene is big enough. To where if you're really good you'll stick out but it's you know and it's big enough or it's small enough I mean to where if you're really good you'll stick out 
but it's big enough that it's a real legitimate music scene, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, ho I hope we don't have to move, but, I mean, if we become to a point where it's like, well, we're spending most of our week in L.A., it's like, well, maybe I'm, maybe right. that's a thing, you know? But uh, just, for not, yeah. Yeah, just for business stuff, because there's a lot of marketing stuff, publicist stuff that you have to do out there because that's just where they decided right. to set up shop, you know? That or New York or Nashville. Cross, probably cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Not really at that point yet. Yeah, no, I, it, it's, it's just one of those plus, things that I'm always curious yeah. about. The ambition is not to move to L.A., to New York, to Nashville, to whatever. It's just, you know, we just want to... Yeah, I mean, I, we love Colorado. Don't Yeah, we love... We, we used to, like, when we went on our first tour, we had a Colorado flag as our uh, blanket for our merch booth. It's like, we love this state. Oh, yeah. So, let me talk a little bit about the songwriting and the live show. Um... Now, you guys are an explosive force to be, I, I want to say reckoned with, but it's something like, the albums are great, and they do a really good job conveying it, but seeing you guys live is a religious experience. Cool. Like, to go back to that church thing that we talked about earlier, um, how does that come about? Is that something that just happens when you two um, play music together, or is it just like a conscious decision to fucking rock the fuck out, um, or is it something both? Dude, it was it was totally, I, I would say it's conscious, because it's like, Eric and I made it a point, like, we were like, we would go to shows, you know, like we do now, and it's like, man, I'm going to fall asleep. What yeah. the, there's too much goddamn reverb, and just like, I, I'm... They're, they're using brushes and mallets and shit, and I'm, I'm like, fuck this, man. It's like, what happened to the live show? What happened to fucking Jim Morrison fucking throwing up on stage and, like, all that shit? You know, it's like, yeah. man, come on. So we got bored, and we're like, we are not going to do that. We're going to rock people's dicks off their fucking Bodies. body. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah I, I mean again for me I grew up I grew up on metal you know that the metal the metal core kind of shit I mean that's what that is to me that's what a live show is to me yeah. from what I grew up on it's like yo get the fuck up mosh pit crowd surf stage dive fucking do something you know and we have a lot of friends that are really big into the folk scene and that's great and they're they're still friends but. They've told me to my face, like, I don't get what you do. Shit. And that's okay. You know, it's yeah. like, because they're, they're, they they want to go here, iron and wine, and <laughs> cut themselves a little bit, yeah. and cry a little bit. And that's okay. I mean, that, that has its I, place. I think you can play folk music and put on a good show. Yeah. I, I think, think you can. So I, I don't want to, that's not a fucking excuse to me. Yeah, it's, it's not an excuse. That's not it's, an excuse. Like, the Aver Brothers get down. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, they do. Like, Seeger Rose, I mean, that's not folk, but it's mellow music. Right? Did they get down? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, it was an, it, I think it was a conscious decision that we're like, yeah, we're not going to be placid. We're not going to be just every single band. We're going to go and you will, you may not like us, but you will remember us. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's just like <laughs> bad taste in your mouth. At least you had a taste. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that's a lot of people don't get us because of that. Like, uh, like we played Fort Collins. This is a, I love this story. We, we gotta we stop played, knocking Fort Collins because uh, Fort well, Collins has been great well, to us. We we played Fort Collins and uh, I was like, clap your hands. I like got out of my seat, ran to the front of the stage. And I was like, everyone clap your fucking hands right now. 
So people were like clapping their hands. This dude had a full beer in his hand, like a tall boy PBR, just like beers, just like <laughs> spray, it just sprayed all over me. God, I was soaked in beer and just like got all over the crowd and everyone. And then I was like, yeah, man, yeah, because it was like, dude, I don't care what's in my hands. I'm gonna clap my fucking hands right now because I'm into this, you know. And afterwards, like some guys came to be like, can you believe that asshole? Spraying beer all over everyone. I was like, no, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Just like get loose. You know? Some people don't understand that. Some people just think, oh, that guy's just an asshole spraying beer on everyone. No regard for anyone else, for everyone else's comfort, you know? Which I can understand, but it's like, dude, you're at a rock and roll show. Yeah. What you do is what you do. <laughs> uh, so we, before we hit record, I talked about it. I, I, I talked about a Denver band that I felt they're really popular now, but they they feel very safe. The whole scene they're in is very safe. You guys aren't. Your band does not does not feel safe, but yet you guys as individuals feel very safe. But I mean yeah. that is I, I I don't. Hopefully that doesn't come come off like an ad. Like oh no. man, you guys seem like a bunch of pussies. But no, it's like <laughs> does, does what come out. Are you the guys you are on stage, or are you guys here, or is it some kind of? Are you both? It's a little bit of like like the id and ego stuff. It's like we, I, I'm sitting here talking nice and pretty, or uh, but in my mind I'm like, oh, I'm gonna stab that guy in the face if he fucking goes by here again trying to ask for if I want another beer. You know, it's like that. That's the shit that I, like goes on, but. I, you know, I, I think it's it's a it's our outlet. It's like all the shit we want to do and all the shit we want to say, and like maybe it's a nice blanket to hide behind. But it, it's like that's that's it's a good it's a good outlet. I think people need that. You know, like I have a friend that's a kickboxer. She's the quietest person you know, but inside I know she's like, man, she wants to rip somebody up because I've seen her kick people in the head. It's like that doesn't come from. Anywhere, I think people need outlets, man. And if they don't, they're fucking lying to themselves. For me, I, I I've worked this out in therapy, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, my because ther- I tell my therapist I'm in a band. He's like, send me some of your music, and I'm like, uh, all right, you know. And he's like, he was like, I was so surprised, you know. Uh, and he's like, why do you think? He's like, what's your show like? And I was like, trying to explain, him, like, oh, it's really physical, really loud, real, like, aggressive and abrasive. And, you know, and he's like, why do you think you're like that? <laughs> like, why do you think you do that? And I, <laughs> I came to the conclusion that my whole life I've wrestled with uh, not being really heard. So, like, if I get into an argument with someone, you know... The argument isn't about trying to come to a conclusion or trying to come to what the truth is. It's just about, I'm waiting for my turn to talk. I need to be right, and you need to be fucking wrong. And I need to prove to you that I'm right, and you're wrong, you know? So it's like, a lot of times, and this is a a big reason why I'm so, why I can be sort of quiet all the time, is because like, if I feel like I'm wasting my time trying to talk to someone, it's like, I'm, I'm, forget it, you know? It's like, you're not gonna, if you're not gonna listen to me, then I'm not gonna waste my time talking. You know? And, and so, like, I feel like this playing music is my outlet to be heard. I picked the loudest instrument I possibly could so that I can get up there and be heard. And you have no fucking choice but to hear me. You know? So I'm up there, I'm calling out the guy who's on his fucking phone. I'm like, hey, you, get the fuck off your phone. Like, 
this is my time. <laughs> you know, that's it. It's like, you, hey, I will be heard. <laughs> that, that's what it is for me. So, so this band started out just to have fun. You guys were both in serious bands, but yet the band started out of fun has been the most successful. I mean, you guys played Red Rocks. Yeah. Did I read right that you guys played with Slash in L.A.? Yeah. We got flown out to L.A. to House of Blues, a sold-out show, and we played with Slash and Foxy Shazam. Wow, yeah, yeah. Fucking great show. Man. <laughs> Some, our, uh, our green room was the freight elevator <laughs> with all the dead cases. So we're sitting in there. Dude, it was like... <laughs> it's like... Yeah, they're like, can't go backstage, you know, because it's like, they got to deal with paparazzi and all the shit. It's like, can't go backstage. We're like, can we get some drink tickets? They're like, uh, you know, because all these bands have their riders. They get a bottle of Jack on their riders. They don't deal with drink tickets. They're like, uh, we'll give you a six pack of beer. So they gave us a six pack of beer, like, but you can't drink it out there. Yeah, we're drinking drink in the it. elevator. So we, so we went to our green room, which is the freight elevator. We're just sitting there, like, back there, just like cramped with all these cases around us, just like drinking our. <laughs> it's funny, it's like we're drinking beer, and then all of a sudden the elevator starts moving, like, yeah. oh, somebody's oh, gonna. Be... <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be in here. Hope we don't miss our set. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but that show was amazing. So you guys have seen, I, I, in my, my. Ten feet away eyes. You guys are a fairly successful band. You guys are climbing that ladder. You played the Murder by Death sold out show. Oh, yeah. You have played Red Rocks. How fucking awesome was Red Rocks? It's amazing. Oh my god. That's with Die Hard, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, words can't express. So, so it's like well, the difference between like you telling someone to do something and they like you hear like a few claps yeah. and then going <sighs> yeah. it's like what the Yeah. I don't know, it was nervous. It was nervous. For me, I know the film on the rocks thing they always have local bands play and all these I know I've always been really cynical about it because all these local bands are like this is it this is our fucking the best thing we'll ever do and I'm always like dude you're opening up for a movie yeah. you're kidding yeah. you know fuck you you're, you know whatever it's a movie no one's there to see you they're just in a movie <laughs> but, but you, and, then, and then but once I got there man once we loaded in and you look out it's like holy shit it's a, it's it's impo- it's impossible to not just be like whoa, super cool. I mean, but but I think a testament to this band is that we're never satisfied. So it's like that was awesome, and that was probably one of the coolest experiences we'll ever have. But you just got to keep pushing and yeah, wanting think, that big next big thing, and just keep going. Yeah, coming from being the hardest working guys in our respective bands, you know, the kind of combined forces. It's like. Yeah, we still want to keep that mentality. We still want to make sure that it's fun and we're having a good time and that it's, you know, we're not burnt out. But, you know, it's it's like a work hard, play hard kind of thing. I, I, I love, too, that you, you, about the having fun thing, like we've got the wanted poster yeah. for your Larimer Lounge CD release or that, album release that's show. That's one of the funnest like, things about being in this band is the marketing yeah. tools we get to use. You, you well, know? you guys are geniuses, and neither one of you went to school for marketing, <laughs> and you guys are doing shit that I never would have thought of, so we, or we, anybody I know of. Yeah, we, I don't know. I, I, I think that the, the things that people joke about in a band never get brought out to the front, and within the whales, like, Man, we should make a wanted poster. And Eric's like, I'm making it right now. Yeah, right. and, and be- because that's how it started. It's like we're gonna do whatever we want, all the yeah. stuff we've always wanted to do. And you know, it's a, it's a lot more honed in now. But it's still like that allows us those kind of opportunities. You know, to like 
like during the underground music showcase, you know, we were like, how can we, you know, we can't just pass out flyers. Right. Everyone's going to get a flyer. What, what can we do to get people to like recognize us? So we printed out these giant posters that said, hey, Denver, quit folking around. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, we're the, we're the alternative band to the folk bands. We just put them up. And it was just like, boom, there it is. We had so many hits and so many people like <laughs> liking it on Instagram and people just all over. And it's like, that was so simple. And, yeah. and the other thing we did was we handed out water bottles because it's so hot. And we yeah. had homemade labels with all of our shit on yeah, it. With, uh, with squints. Squints from uh, the Sandlot. Nice, with yeah. his face and his blue. And it said, in the well, guaranteed to get you wet. Oh, no. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> And it was great because it's like, it's such a simple idea. Just think about like your surroundings and stuff. I don't know if we've been blessed or whatever, but we just seem to be good at it. Or somewhat good. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I'm going to hire you to promote this now. Uh, by <laughs> this little dumb little radio show I do. That's not on the radio. But anyway, um, so you posted on Facebook earlier today that tickets were running out for the Larimer Lounge show. Yeah. Is that going to sell out? Uh, that's the plan. Uh, we're really wanting it to sell out the week before. We're working really hard. We have just a few more tickets. Uh, we're doing a promotion right now with the Larimer Lounge. So if people are buying their shit or buying their tickets online, they get a screen printed poster for free. So it's like the Larimer Lounge loved it. So we've, we've sold quite a few on there and it keeps going up. So I think the rumor is, I'm not sure, certain, but the rumor is there's about 30 or 40 tickets left. Cool. So who knows about a time this goes up? I don't know if this is going to go up tomorrow or Monday. Maybe tomorrow. I might put this up tomorrow. Yeah, anyway, that doesn't matter. So you played Red Rocks. You you played the huge show with Murdered by Death. You're about to sell out your album release show. How do you guys stay humble? How do you guys stay cool, silly, fun-loving <laughs> all, guys? All or is have, it going to your head? All, all you have to do, all we have to do, is go one state over, right, and yeah, play for go. five people, oh. and realize, oh, it's just Colorado that we're huge. Yeah, well, or you could go to the springs and play for the yeah. Oh, yeah, we could go uh, an hour south. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that you guys are actively touring and whatnot. It's very easily to stay humble, uh, especially when Eric and I are some of the most cynical human beings on earth. So it's like I say something, he's like, "You're an idiot," or he does something, I'm like, "Man, you're stupid." So we don't, yeah, our manager is not a yes man by yeah. any of means. Yeah. We'll do. We'll ask. We'll say like, "Hey, we should try this thing or this thing." And it'll be like, "You guys aren't popular enough to do that." And, and it's, it's like, "Oh, okay. that's been the most helpful." Just people just telling us the goddamn truth. Yeah. You know, it's like people. Uh, you know, people get famous and they surround themselves with all these yes people, and like, you need that friend to just slap the fucking <laughs> dumbass cowboy hat off your head. It's just like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Why are you wearing that shitty pink cowboy hat? Yeah. <laughs> So I, we've, we've been very blessed with surrounding ourselves with people that hate us. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think also coming up as, as as little like baby bands and seeing the way like the bands we look up to act, like you know the fucking arrogant, you know Whoever's, arrogance, whoever. Yeah. But like you know, hot, the I'm hot shit attitude like really can hurt can hurt your feelings. You know like. I don't know, just like sending some band an email, you know, hey, can we play the show? And they just say nothing. They don't say anything yeah, back. I, it's I like, we reply to all of our shit, even if it's like, no, but thanks for thinking about us. Yeah, or... yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just like, yeah, we just don't want to be that. You know, don't want to be 
we've that been, band. Yeah, you we've been shit saying? on so much when we were little, little. It's why, why push that on, you know? Just don't be a dick. <laughs> That's yeah, another thing. Dick. Buy a tuning pedal. Don't be a dick. <laughs> and show up on time. Show up on time. God damn it. Um, so, uh, my dumbass, I've forgotten. What's the name of the record coming out? It's called Eric. Eric. Named after you, I take it. Is there going to be one called Nate? Uh, yeah. They're, 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 good, good, good. <laughs> it's not, just, no, just yeah. one Eric one, and right. then we'll release another one called Eric yeah, two. two. Yeah. And then <laughs> like that. Eric Zeppelin. Zeppelin yeah. Eric. <laughs> um, so why, this is only like a seven inch EP, right? Right. right. Why not a full length? Funny. Well, oh, well, good. It's like, uh, we, we've been, uh, our manager's been great. He's like, why put out something that costs so much when you're so small? I mean, most bands that are so small, you know, have to have these short bursts. And have, what better way to do yeah. it than do, like, EPs, like small EPs, and just promote the fuck out of them, you know? And the way, the way we decided to market it was, yeah, we'll put out this little three-song thing, and then in a few months we'll put out the Nate three-song EP, and then... Yeah, keep it going. And another sold out Larimer Lounge or wherever. wherever. Show. Hopefully out. some Bluebird or someplace. Uh, theater. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I, I mean, like, I, I feel like I'm kissing your ass a little too much, but I, I get that <laughs> feeling that you guys are going to get there. So hopefully I'm, I'm hitching my uh, wagon to your train soon <laughs> enough. Rather like, well, no, no, I mean, like, I, I have faith, in, and especially after hanging out with you guys for, what, hour and a half, two hours, and now I'm like, yeah, these guys, are, these guys got that thing. Got that magic. <laughs> Um, we call it it. Yeah. Uh, shit, I had another thought in my head before the ass kissing uh, <laughs> came about. Um, fuck, putting the record out, selling out the Larimer Lounge. I don't remember. Eric. Uh, oh, Eric. Uh, why not at full length? You told me why. I can't fucking remember. Now oh. I wish I had more shit written down. Um, so what else? What else is next for you guys? Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Who's your manager? You, you keep talking about him. You haven't said who he is. Uh, his name's Dan Rutherford. He works for a company called The Holy Underground, a management company. They do mostly electronic type stuff. Like yeah. Slow Magic was one of their bigger artists on that um, roster. I think that he just left and moved on to bigger and better pastures. And that's, um, they're out of Denver too, right? Yeah, Slow they're Magic, Denver. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just sort of mid-level EDM. And then cool. I guess they they wanted to add some rock bands, so... We dance, dance, dance the shit, man. Yeah. He's amazing. He's amazing working manager. so hard. It's like he gets us too. So it's really like gets us, yeah. he knows our marketing styles, and he like has really creative ideas and helpful things that progress us. And uh, definitely yeah. wouldn't do be where we are now without him. Yeah. He's fucking killer. Yeah. Uh, where did you guys record the EP at? Our house. Uh, we. Uh, uh, local Denverite Pat Meese offered to come and help us record, so um, he, we got a bunch of great gear and just made a home studio in our basement, and in two evenings, just tracked everything. Yeah, and then sent it off to a guy in Portland to mix it and master it, and came back awesome. Turned out awesome. Yeah, and here it is today. And when is that Larimer Lounge show? I'll have it on the website, but. For those that don't find it through the website, it's like November 22nd. 22nd. Yeah. It's a Friday. It's a Friday before Thanksgiving, so that's coming up. Oh, wow. Uh, so quick. Yeah, I know. Yeah. This October just flew. Yeah. So we're really excited for that release. Have you been able to listen to the record? I listened to 
I believe so. Okay. I think I think that's what I got sent. I got sent yeah. a couple different things. Um, so what else you guys got going on coming up? What's going on now? Tour is next after the yeah, the we're record. Doing a, the fifteenth is the Greeley record release, and then the sixteenth is the Fort Collins one. And the next week do the Denver one, and then after that, the day after Thanksgiving, we leave and we're doing a tour of the South, about ten days or so. The dirty South. Yeah. And I think uh, that that's what our manager says is probably the best for us because he's he's gone out and toured and been a part of record labels and stuff like that. I think, I think that's a good fit for you guys too. Yeah, I think well. so too. Uh, I I found it in my years like everybody's like we gotta go to California. Everybody goes to California. People avoid the Midwest and the South, and that's where your bread and butter is. So that's yeah. a good, that's a good spot for you guys. Yeah, I think our, our music caters pretty well to the South too. The like sort of bluesy, yeah. gospel-y, Southern rock kind of vibe. I think it. At least I hope so. We'll see. Yep. Well, I guess uh, I guess we can wrap this up. I mean, cool. I don't. I could I could probably talk to you guys for another hour, but I don't know if anybody <laughs> would listen to it. How long have we talked so far? Uh, a little over an hour. Wow. Nice. Yeah, and that doesn't include the pre-interview yeah. interview bullshitting. So we probably, <laughs> we've been sitting here for at least an hour and a half. So yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to throw out there? Uh, don't be a dick. Buy a <laughs> tuning <laughs> pedal. <laughs> November twenty second. In Denver, Denver Lounge. Denver Laramie Lounge. Get your tickets now. I hope to God by the time this is up, it's sold out. That's yeah. anything for you, Eric? Uh, you got it. Great. Well, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit uh, stop on this thing, and we can keep bullshitting about. We can keep talking shit about other people and other things. <laughs> Not really. We're just kidding. All right, guys. All right, buddies. Thank you to Eric and Nate from In The Whale for uh, hanging out with me kind of last minute to uh, do this little interview. Came out really well, and they're as genuine and honest and great dudes as they come off in this interview. I'm really, uh, I'm really, man, I'm just really happy to have met and hung out with them uh, tonight, and hopefully this is not the last time we'll do it. We're going to be best friends forever now, buddies. I know where you live. I'm going to watch you sleep. Uh, hopefully we will do this again in the future. Hey, maybe we can do a Mostly Harmless Live episode with In The Well. What do you think? You guys let me know. Speaking of Mostly Harmless Live episodes, uh, about a month ago we did the first one at Mutiny uh, Information Exchange uh, right here on South Broadway with Two Cow Garage. It was a short little interview. Uh, we did a short little interview. Two Cow Garage played a little acoustic set, and they headed over to Lion's Lair and played a kick-ass uh, fucking rock show. Well, we've got another Mostly Harmless Live event coming up. This time it's going to be November 15th in Fort Collins with Arliss Nancy, who is a band I've toured with uh, and near and dear buddies of mine. They're going to be releasing, they're going to do a Fort Collins album release show at uh, Road 34 that night with Red City Radio and Drag of the River playing an acoustic set. We're going to do a happy hour Mostly Harmless Live podcast event where we're going to just do, we're going to come out, I'm going to do a short, dumb intro. We're going to do a little, uh, about 20, 30 minute interview with the band. The band's going to play about 20 minutes worth of acoustic stuff. Then we're going to head over to Road 34 and rock out. It's going to be at the Surfside 7 at 5 o'clock, Friday, November 15th in Fort Collins. Come hang out. It's a free event. Drink some happy hour beers. Eat some happy hour pizza. We're going to have a fun time. And then we're going to go over to uh, Road 34 and blow the fucking doors off. We're still working on some special guests. I'm still working on trying to get the Red City Radio dudes on board with that. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Again, November 15th. Friday, November 14th. 15th. God damn. Had one too many PBRs tonight. 
Friday, November 15th in Fort Collins with Red City Radio. It's going to be a fucking blast. And who knows, maybe in the next couple months we'll get in the whale on a Mostly Harmless Live podcast too as well. Uh, Killer Dudes, I think they do pretty well uh, getting interviewed in front of a live audience. So we'll see. Again, if you like what you hear today, please visit us at MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Uh, visit us on iTunes. Maybe leave a little iTunes love, a little iTunes review, buddies. Uh, subscribe, please. Uh, like us on Facebook. Do all that good stuff. I'm really bad at responding to the emails, but I read them all. I love them all. I love you all dearly. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking this out. Again, thanks to Eric and Nate from In the Well for doing this. Thanks to Pete for having illegal Pete's for me. You can do it at and eat their delicious fish burritos. If you're a musician, you're coming through Denver, visit illegalpeats.com. Sign up for their starving artist program. They will feed you. It is worth it. It's free. It's free. Free for free burritos if you're a touring musician. And, uh, Thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks to the city of Denver for welcoming me with open arms. We're going to go ahead and end this interview with another song from In the Whale. This is going to be off their new EP, Eric. This is going to be called On a Roll. You can get this November 22nd at the Larimer Lounge. The show is probably going to sell out, so you should turn around right now. Go to LarimerLounge.com. Buy tickets to the show. You get a free screen printed uh, poster. You can get to buy this album. You get to see the awesomeness that is in the whale. So uh, why don't you come hang out? I will probably, unfortunately, not be at that show as my new work schedule has just come out as of 10 minutes ago. And I'm scheduled to close that night. But we'll see what we can do, buddies. We'll see what we can do. Uh, thanks again for listening. Again, this is On a Roll from Eric, the newest album EP from In the Whale. We'll see you in the funny pages, buddies. <laughs>